You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. Uh, He's also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, he's, he's a big fan of catfish. I learned today, loves catching them, uh, loves just, uh, you know, noodling. He likes to go in there, uh, do do the straight noodling with his arm. Uh, Brian, how you doing today, man? And that voice is of Bobby Belt, (laughs) who is trying to antagonize me tonight as we get started (laughs) with this show. Bobby is uh, part of uh, RJ and uh, Sean and RJ with Bobby, uh, 530 to 10 every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, also, the Cowboys Insider for 105.3, the fan, and also our host here of Love of the Star podcast and of the Draft Show. And you can listen to yes. the Draft Show every Wednesday and Thursday. So, yes, Bobby, um, catfishing is not my favorite thing to do, and I've never noodled in my life. The only noodles <laughs> I like come in like uh maybe uh an italian dish yeah sure i like i i got you uh it's funny when you guys were talking about that on g-bag today and uh you were mentioning the the weirdest thing you've ever pulled up and you said it was a catfish while while fishing i'll tell you what and we'll get started here shortly uh we used to fish on this golf course where there were always like pretty good bass and and everything else right there one time we pulled a drum out of there not like the instrument, but the actual fish, like a red drum. That's a terrible fish. It's an it's an ugly, gross fish. But it, we pulled that out and was like, I have no idea how this got in here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Never. When we fish and there's like in uh, at the lake and there's when we catch a catfish, it's like it's so rare because of what we try to do with the lake and stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm not used to pulling up catfish, but there's. We, there were a lot of people that caught a lot of weird things uh, that were texting in today. So uh, all I can say is keep fishing, you know? Yeah, that's you what, know, that's, that's what keep, you got to do. Just keep fishing. We're, we're about to hit springtime. It's going to be peak uh, peak fishing season here. 
Uh, Brian, we we do have a little bit of uh, we're, we're going to talk a lot of combine and, and draft in today's show, but uh, we do have a little bit of uh, late breaking news as we record this. Uh, several different people, Tom Pelissero, Jordan Renan, uh, different folks reporting that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to hold a workout for NFL teams on Friday in Arizona uh, and that this will be a chance for him to show what he's got, what he can do. Uh, would you expect that the Dallas Cowboys will be out there, Brian? I would say that somebody from the pro personnel department would be at that workout. Um, right now, uh, I think the college scouts are on break. Uh, until at, until next week, yep. Until next week. So uh, I don't think they have a scout that lives in that area. Bobby, you know where all these scouts live better than me, that maybe there's somebody – do they have a California scout? Uh, they do somebody that lives in California. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, no, they don't have that. I'll tell you what they could Where do. Does Kubiak, does Kubiak live in Colorado? I think he does. Yeah. I'm not okay. sure. What, but I, but I do know that, that he splits time as a, as a national scout on the college site. And he also does pro scouting work. So he, would be, he might be a, a natural fit. Uh, but, but it'll be interesting to see if anybody, uh, goes out there and, and has anything like that. How do you feel at this point, Brian, about the prospects of Odell Beckham Jr. as a Cowboy? Do you think this is eventually just something that we're, we're going to see happen? Um, I've said this a bunch on uh, our shows on 105.3. I've said it for DallasCowboys.com with the, the break uh, with Derek and Nick and Ambar. Um, I just feel like, Bobby, there's been so much legwork on this. Uh, there's been so much legwork by – out of Pacifica and Todd Williams and, you know, Stephen Jones. And, uh, you know, unless somebody in the organization has stood up and when they brought Odell in, if somebody stood up and said, hey, Jerry, we do not need this guy uh, for this reason or this reason, or, you know, uh, I don't know how many guys over there or gals have been uh, a descending voice, uh, there could be a couple that they might really, really trust. And there might be some that have not said a bad thing about Odell Beckham at all. Um, I feel like that the Cowboys, this is their type of move. Uh, it just seems like to me that they've worked really, really hard on this. And they try to get it done during the football season. And now they have a little bit better understanding. They're a little bit further along. The pressure of getting ready for a season is not there. So yeah, I, I could I could see where I could see where they absolutely try and get this done. Yeah, and I I uh, that's where I think the some of this discussion about a big move coming and, and things like that. If they sign Odell Beckham Jr., I, I think fans should be prepared for the Cowboys saying, "There it is. That's it. That's the one. That's the big move that we made." Um, and I feel like the gravity of that is more impactful when we were discussing about the potential of doing it in December, when you're in the middle of the year and it's just a, it's a shot in the arm that you weren't going to be able to get anywhere else. Now that you're hitting free agency, there are different people who are going to be available to, to acquire. You're in draft season. You, you can get younger players who may be more efficient, you know, for, for cost versus production than Odell Beckham Jr. So now I don't feel like it makes as much sense. I, I, I was willing to pay the premium and even lock in for another year if it meant getting the opportunity to add a player mid-season, late season, that nobody else was going to be able to add a, a player of that caliber. It was, it was really going to give you an advantage to, to improve your football team in December that 
you know, it was not easily acquired. Uh, now I, I just, I don't know so much, um, but it, it's something that, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I feel like eventually this is just Odell ends up here in some form or fashion at some point. Now, now when is that some point? I don't know. Um, as a Texas Rangers fan, I remember the years of flirtation about Lance Berkman was eventually going to become a Ranger and sure enough, he did, but he was 38 and he didn't care anymore. And it didn't really uh, have much of an impact. That's kind of how I feel like this is, it may be now, uh, it may be something where a year and a half from now is when Odell Beckham Jr. Gets here. But I feel like at some point in his career, Odell Beckham Jr. Is going to wear a star. I just don't know how much of an impact it's going to make. Well, you know, there's, there's several wide receivers that are out on the market. Uh, You know, uh, one of the ones we were talking about, I mean, if uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was a guy, I, I know the the 33rd team, uh, if you're not familiar with the 33rd team's work, that's the uh, organization that was started by Matt, uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, it's Great got a lot stuff. Of form- yeah, it's got a lot of former NFL coaches. It's got former NFL general managers. It's got former players. Uh, you know, there was – Greg Jennings put out his top ten – free agent receivers and Odell Beckham was not on his list, but it's funny. Noah Brown was number nine on his list. So interesting. Yeah. So Greg Jennings, uh, you know, he was talking about with Smith Schuster, uh, you know, uh, Slayton from the giants uh, was a top of, of a guy. So yeah, it's uh there, there are wide receivers out there that won't cost you the um, won't cost you the money or the cap space that Odell Beckham will will cost you, but and, and a little bit younger and probably a little bit more healthy. So I as as much as I I think that this is going to get done, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because there's a you know we you and I uh, and uh, you know you and I Zach Wolchuk and Aisha Morrison had a really good discussion uh, Thursday morning on the draft show about yep. wide receivers and who was going to be there. And, you know, if, say, Johnston, the receiver from TCU, were to somehow get to you, would you take him? You had your concerns about his playing strength, you know, and rightfully so. He's a tall, thin guy. But the Cowboys, I don't think there's a really great option out there unless you're going to potentially trade for Hopkins. You know, that to me, if you're willing to give up a second-round pick and take that contract on, then there's your fix-it wide receiver to go along with C.D. Lamb and Gallup and, you know, and have Hopkins. That would be a pretty formidable group, I think. But that's your best fix because depending on what you trust with these wide receivers in the draft – the ones in free agency or going out and getting a no-deal Beckham that a lot of people might think is broke down. There's uh, you know, those are, those are really your best options. Well, we'll keep an eye on the Odell Beckham jr. Market. How, how do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, you made a really good point about Johnston from, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think Smith and Jigba from Ohio state gets to you. I just don't. I, I don't think either. That, I mean, you might have a shot at, at getting Johnston, uh, Hyatt from Tennessee might be a guy that you might be interested in. We'll see if, in fact, that he could get to you. But I, I just, 
I think it's really kind of a little bit of a crapshoot. I don't think this wide receiver group, and if you listen to us here on this show and on the draft show and our, our regular radio programs, I, I don't think this is one of the kind of wide receiver group that we've seen of the last two, three years for sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you, we're obviously a little down on on some of these receivers, and they are. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are, are are good football players and have a chance to be really good football players. And I think there's some depth that receiver in the draft. I think there's some some decent targets. Uh, there's just there's not any of those big name studs. There's not the you know Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb. Like it's not those guys this year. Um, now now maybe they end up becoming those guys like, like I mean that that's certainly possible but just as prospects how we grade them coming out um there's there's not a lot to be excited about I think you you can see warts on just about all of them you know we talk about Quentin Johnston I think Quentin Johnston has tremendous upside and, and I think he could potentially be a a really good player uh there are questions I think at times in terms of his his toughness making catches in traffic um there there's some focus drops at times i think uh the the getting off of press is going to be a a big thing for him and and his play strength is going to be a big thing for him uh jordan addison i thought uh who i'm a big fan of and think he's a really good route runner and everything else but man when you talk about a guy who who weighs 173 pounds and then he's running out you know a borderline four or five his verticals 34 he's barely jumping 10 feet in the broad it's a little like okay, I that that's concerning testing for a guy as small as you are. And then Smith and Jigba is a guy who uh, you know has has dealt with injuries, and you know I think there's some some questions about there. There's a little bit of a projection there too with Smith and Jigba. I think instead of just like a man, this is a a high floor, no concerns type of player, uh, and so. The receivers are, are going to put you in a bit of a bind. You, you may hit on one of them. One of them may be a stud. I, I'll tell you, Brian, one thing that I'm I'm starting to think, and we've talked about this name before, but if you don't get a tight end in the first round or anything else or, or you draft a different position, if you're sitting there in the second round, and I, I, I don't think you would be on board with this in the second, but I think I could be talked into Cedric Tillman in the second round. I, I don't have a problem with Cep, Cedric Tillman. I wide receiver it, Tennessee. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with him. I, I really don't. I, I I think they're, you know, when you watch him play, uh, you know, I I was okay. I just I didn't feel like that there was a guy that was fast, you know, and I I didn't, you know, it 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 reminded me, and maybe this is a this is not a bad thing. Cedric Tillman from Tennessee reminded me of these guys you see playing at the LA Chargers. That that receiving crew that the Chargers have. You know, you 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 got guys that have really dependable hands. You see them, you see them just steady the way they run their routes, you know, how physical they are, you know. This guy will run through arm tackles. He's kind of somewhat of a bully. I kind of see those guys at the Chargers, a little bit of a bully. You know, he, he he's going to play opposite uh, of Hyatt. And I thought it was a really nice one-two punch. One guy could really fly. One guy was really a vertical player. I just didn't see Tillman as being that guy, that, you know, fast and quick kind of twitch guy. 
but I felt like he ran better than I thought he was going to run uh, at the combine. So yeah, maybe you know testing and training will help you in that car to run faster. If he can kind of have that as his play speed, I I feel like he, you would have a guy. But you know the guy that Bob Bobby that people that the people that believe in the metrics, the numbers, and mm-hmm. what they translate to. But here's a guy that's slightly built, but you know there's not much size to his frame. The guy I'm talking about is Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Now. Mm-hmm. There, there is there is some physical toughness to Marvin Mims as a player, and you know you could see him run through arm tackles and stuff, and run away from defenders. He makes things happen with the ball in his hands. If that's kind of what the Cowboys have in Oklahoma with C.D. Lamb, throw him the ball, let him run. You know that was what you know Lamb was just a, a, a taller, thinner guy. But this Marvin Mims, if you look at all the physical testing and the metrics and relate to that, Marvin Mims should be a first-round player if you follow the testing. The tape is good. The only thing that you worry about him a little bit is there are times when you watch him match up on the outside and he will struggle to get off the line a little bit. That's the only thing. you know. But the balance, the body control, the hands, the feet, I mean – He's a super, super productive player, and his 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 slight build, you know, might turn some scouts off. But if you look at the testing numbers, that that shouldn't that shouldn't turn anybody off. Yeah, I mean, he he tested really impressive uh, when you look at the way he went out there: four three eight forty yard dash, almost a forty inch vertical, almost eleven feet on the broad jump, six nine three cone. Really, really impressive. Been productive. Um, I think you're right. I think the question about him is how, how, how adept is he at, at getting open when he's outside in terms of there's, or, or not getting open, but how well does he project at getting open at the NFL level on the outside? That, that could be a problem for him. And you're going to have to project there a little bit back to Tillman. I'm going to make one comparison for you real quick. Yeah. I want you to tell me if it's a bad one because the player I'm about to compare him to, I believe you would have scouted pretty, pretty heavily. Okay. Does Cedric Tillman, and this is a blast from the past, Cedric Tillman remind you of Marty Booker? Was the old Chicago Bears? Yep. 1999. Louisiana yeah. Monroe, third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what I think. That's honestly like whenever I've watched Tillman, that's the name that comes to mind to me is Marty Booker. Generally a possession receiver, but incredibly tough at the catch point. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody who we, we talk about the whole my ball mentality last year. Right. right. Cedric Tillman is my ball, and Cedric Tillman is not going to shy away from anything. You're never going to see the uh the old Todd Pinkston uh Freddie Mitchell alligator arms. You're never yeah. gonna see that with Cedric Tillman. So I, I think in terms of when you talk about timing-based routes and catching in traffic and some of these quick slants. I think Tillman, it, it doesn't bug me so much that he's not a burner. Yeah, but but the thing about – you're right about Tillman because, like I say, I have the utmost respect for those Chargers receivers. But, yeah. I, I mean, and just going through my notes again, this guy is – I mean, he, he for a big man, is one of my notes. For a big man, he can make adjusting receptions in a small space. So mm-hmm. – I, you know, if, if you if you could do those kinds of things, you're good with your feet, you're steady with your routes, 
and you're fast enough, then I, I think there's some merit to having you in this league. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. We've been telling you guys about Boomer Jacks for several months now, and so many of you guys have let us know on social media how much you've been enjoying it, uh, hanging out there, watching games, and uh, getting drink specials. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, how you guys have been going for the great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. There are great deals for you the rest of the week as well, though. It's not just about the wings. They also have the coldest beer anywhere around. Drink specials beginning at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. Somewhere to go watch the games, go check out Boomer Jacks. You're looking for dinner with family, Boomer Jacks is the spot. Uh, you know, if you're just looking for somewhere to have happy hour with friends, catch up with coworkers, whatever, Boomer Jacks has you covered. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, continuing with some of this combine theme, uh, before we jump into to some metrics and research that I was doing today, uh, I'm curious in general, just for your thoughts, what, what were some of your bigger takeaways from the combine, some of the testing that you saw, um, just some of the impressions that you had? I know you just you spoke glowingly of Marvin Mims. We've yeah. all chatter about uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, the quarterback from Florida. I know A.T. Perry, a guy you liked, uh, ran better than probably some people were expecting. Right. Uh, but in general, uh, what were some of your larger takeaways from from what we got out of the combine? I'll say this, Bobby. I, I was really keeping an eye on these cornerbacks, mm-hmm. and I'm saying corner with a C. And those kids were flying. I mean, they were flying when those numbers came out. Uh, you know, guys in the four threes consistently, uh, they were yep. able to test. I thought the corners did a really, really nice job. Now. What was also a little bit disconcerting to me was Emmanuel Forbes, who I absolutely love, the the cornerback from Mississippi State. Yep. When he measured in at 166 pounds, my heart my heart dropped. You yeah. know, I just I'm like, my God, how could this guy be this good of a football player and be that light? You know, I know Aisha Morrison, again, our, our uh, draft show colleague from DallasCowboys.com, she had a chance to visit with him. He talked about playing at like 174, 175 pounds. I, I think it makes you feel a little bit better about him. But for him to measure at 166 pounds you know, with that frame and all that, man, this guy's super, super tough. 
but I, I, that, that kind of stuff scares me a little bit. Yeah. You know, that scares me a little bit about that, that particular player. Um, I was really, uh, I was really interested to see how well these defensive tackles work out. Uh, you know, Breesy from Clemson, I felt like did a pretty good job. Cansey from Pittsburgh, I felt like did a pretty good job. You know, there were some guys in there, those defensive tackles, uh, you know, that were that uh, that were able to, to, you know, the testing numbers were really, really good. It kind of matched a little bit to where the uh, what was going on on film. I I honestly, the whole thing with Nolan Smith, I'm not surprised. But I didn't expect him to be that dominant a tester at that. Yeah, he's a freak athlete. You know him, Van Ness. You know those guys. I uh, young from Tennessee. I mean, there were some guys I thought that tested very, very well uh, that helped themselves uh, during this uh, uh, during this combine. Any concern? Obviously, the testing was incredible, but any concern for you just in general that we're talking about Nolan Smith as a 6'2 guy who has arms under 33 inches? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't move him out of the second round. I, you know, I, I kind of have Nolan Smith, Ojolari, McDonald, Van Ness. Those are the guys I kind of have in that second round pocket uh, there for those defensive ends. Um, you know, I'm I didn't see Nolan Smith as a first-round player. I liked Wilson from Texas Tech as an edge, Anderson from Alabama, Murphy from Clemson. Uh, those are my three first-round guys, with Nolan Smith being the fourth guy uh, of those edges. He'll probably go uh, – I, I think that they'll be uh, – by the time the Cowboys pick, I kind of felt like that maybe Nolan Smith would be a guy that's going to get to the Cowboys at 26. I, I don't have that confidence anymore. I just, I just don't. We could have several of these defensive ends go before Dallas picks there at twenty six. Back to Forbes because he, like, I mean, it is just wild. Now the testing is incredible. Yeah. Four three five forty thirty seven and a half inch vertical ten eleven broad jump. His arms come in over thirty two inches. Six foot one. That's all great. But then you see one hundred sixty six pounds on that. It, that's so. It's so rare. It's so rare. I mean, rare in a. In well, a, well who, are, who, are, who are some really? I can't even think, but I mean, I can't even. I mean, I, okay, I'm, so I've, I've got I've got two names that come to mind. I mean, well, I was I was racking my brain trying to figure out this. My I, I've got I've got I've got three names of guys that stand out to me as I remember being really big and really skinny at, at corner. Um, and and when I looked up the the measurements on one of them, he was not as skinny as I remembered. Uh, the first one was Drake Kirkpatrick when he was coming out of Alabama. Yeah, he was pretty yeah. skinny, but he was six two one eighty six. So that's that's not nearly as bad. But the other two I came up with, one guy played a little heavier and was not as small, but Cordell Flott was, yeah. was that way. He was he was. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I keep coming back to, the comparison for Forbes for me is Richard Robinson. Robinson was Robinson was six one. He was one seventy one, thirty two inch arms. He was in the building with the Cowboys yeah. uh, recently. Um, but that's also not a great track record. I just named three guys who have not necessarily, you know, hit it big. There, there's undeniable talent there, but can he put weight? I, I, you know who he reminds me of is, and I don't know if you'll remember this name because he he went undrafted because of his size. Um, you remember Jeremy Cotrere from Middle Tennessee State about five years ago? Yeah, I do. 
I do. Cotrere was 6'2", 168. And, yeah. and Cotrere was, was – that was the big thing for him with scouts was they were like, he just – he can't put on weight. He tries everything he can, and he cannot do it. And so it makes you wonder if Forbes is there because there's no way Forbes went into the combine wanting to weigh 166. No, that, and I, I see that as a problem for him to try and keep weight on. You know, that's that's an, the guy is a hell of a player. Got a yeah. good player, but it's gonna. I think it's gonna be an issue with him. I really, really do. So, Brian, uh, one of the research projects that I like to do every uh, draft season is I like to take a look at how the athletic testing looks at position groups and how. When you cross-reference it against the Cowboys' history of drafting players, how does how, how does their testing match up to what the Cowboys seem to think is their prototype athlete at the position? So, um, you know, you, you take the data over the last 10 years or whatever it is of the corners they've taken, and you just kind of get a general average of what it is. You find out what's the, the, the highest number they've picked, whether it's the fastest 40, the most bench reps, whatever, the tallest guy. And then the the very lowest threshold that they'll go to, the slowest 40, uh, the worst three cone, the shortest arms. And then you can create a picture that says, okay, clearly this is not a hard and fast rule. These measurements that say we can't pick a guy if he comes in at this because they've picked somebody like that. So I've done that today with running back and corner. Uh, I've gotten their their general measurements together uh, and and been able to sort of attack this a little bit. And after calculating where everybody stood I came up with the four running backs and four corners who most look like a Cowboys athletic profile at the position so I'm gonna just no, roll you didn't you didn't now. send this to my email address then is that what you're saying are you being a are you being a selfish teammate here with no all this I, t- really I, I no no I just I got in a zone today and I like started doing it and I tweeted it out but uh oh no, yeah I'm gonna send I actually, it I actually I actually retweeted it. I, I thought it was I thought it was excellent work. I really did. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we got uh, we got four corners here, and I'll just name the the first two, uh, or, or I'll name the last two because I'm going to ask you about the first two. You you watched the first two. I, I don't think you've seen the other two yet. A couple guys that are of interest to watch here. Uh, you've got Julius Brents, cornerback from Kansas State. Got to watch him. I have to watch him. Man, you do. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, He's not a guy that I've watched yet, but just when you look at the athletic testing there, Brian, it's it's absurd. This is a corner 6'3", 198, 34-inch arms, mm-hmm. uh, ran a four five three forty, not blazing, but certainly workable. Then he hits the vertical 41 and a half. He hits an 11, uh, an 11 6 broad jump, a six six three three cone, and a four oh five shuttle. Uh, that all is is well within the range of the type of testing the Cowboys have typically loved with corners. Uh, and then the other one that's of some interest to me there is uh, Makai Garner from LSU. LSU, yeah. Bigger corner. Talking about six one and a half, two 212 pounds, 32-inch arms, 10-inch uh, hands. Uh, he also ran just a 4.5540, but he had a 1.5410 split, some decent short area quickness, 38-inch vertical, and then a 10.8 broad jump. So, Two interesting ones there. But then the ones that I want you to, to kind of give us uh, your thoughts on. Let's first, I know your number one corner, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, checks a lot of boxes for the Cowboys. Yeah, Joey Porter, when you start to talk about, he is my 
Uh, he's uh, corner number one for me on my board. And I, there's, I, I love the fact that these lately here uh, in the drafts, we've had these bloodlines for these corners of former NFL players. And of course, this is the son of former Steeler great Joey Porter himself. Yep. And he's got some of that fire uh, that his father had. I mean, this guy's an outstanding tackler. You know, he's ready, uh, really quick at reading the play. He comes forward in a hurry. He'll wrap up guys. He plays press the majority of the snaps. He's just a hard guy to get away with from his length, his change of direction. Uh, you know, it's funny, His for such a long guy, his feet don't get out of whack. Sometimes when you have these long-limbed cornerbacks, it's hard for them to turn. They get real leggy, and, it, mm-hmm. and they're, they're not as quick. Porter's not that not that that way at all. I mean, the read and react, everything about this kid is super, super uh, positive. And you know, I I was just I love this guy. I I would I would I think the movement with him. I don't think that's a problem at all. I think you can play him on either side of the field. And, you know, you can maybe line up in the slot some, but you'd be hard-pressed to find a corner in this draft that tackles as well as Joey Porter. And I think that's because of his old man was a a fierce player that way. Absolutely. Uh, Quick measurements on Porter. Uh, He came in at uh, over 6'2 193 pounds, 34-inch arms, 10-inch hands, 4'4", 6'40", 1'5", 10 split. 35 vertical, 10-9 on the broad jump, and then still benched 17. Those are all really good numbers. Uh, And then the other one, a a guy that uh, I think you have just below Joey Porter, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, who, man, when you look at the testing, it's not quite to this level, but it's it's remarkably similar to Byron Jones. Yeah, and and this this kid, when you watched – it's the it's the drill at the combine that the Raiders brought in. Al Davis brought this drill in, where you start a st- uh, from a just stand in your stance, and then you you they drive you back, and then you turn one way, you turn to left, turn right, turn left, turn right, and then they break you. Mm-hmm. Christian Gonzalez running that drill, the the Raider drill, I call it. Man, he looks so smooth and. When you're talking about length, athletic ability, again, a guy that can play on either side, uh, he's he plays really, really square. Like when you when I mean square, is he lines up head up, and he's not like sideways or cocked, but he's square. He'll break, he'll pedal, uh, and then you just you know it's he's just so good of has such a good feel for how to keep himself in position. Uh, the fluidity that I mentioned, you saw that in the in the Raider drill. Uh, you know, I mean, he gains a lot of ground in the way he plays when he's when he has to move and run. He just doesn't appear very stressed out at all. So the ball skills, uh, man, how to play the ball in the air. Th- this guy uh, has a chance to be a very special player. Then looking through the running back group, some of the guys that look like prototype athletes for the Cowboys and the way they typically have looked at running back. I'll name the first two that, that I know you haven't uh, had a chance to watch yet. Chase Brown from Illinois. Yeah. A uh, little bit of a stocky build, 5'9 and a half, 209 pounds. But Brian comes with big old hands, 10 inch hands, 4'4'3 speed at 209. 
Uh, he's got a 40-inch vertical, hundred. Or he's got a 10-7 broad jump, and then on the bench press, he still put up 25 reps, which is which is really good. You, you got a guy who – somebody who can do, you know, 25 reps, jump 40 inches, and run 4-4-3 is definitely uh, something that you should keep your eyes on in terms of going back and looking at what they can do on tape. Uh, and then Daenerik Prince from Tulsa, uh, a, another bigger built guy, 5'11 and three quarters, 216 on the weight, 441 speed, 35 inch vertical, uh, 10-4 on the broad jump. So so those are a couple guys. Then the other two that I know you've seen, uh, first one, uh, tell us what you think about Zach Charbonnet, the running back from UCLA. I'll tell you what, Zach Charbonnet is, he is super productive with the ball in his hands. I mean, there was a lot of times you watch those games at UCLA, the games I studied were Washington, USC, Utah. This kid's a transfer from Michigan. So he's he's not the type of guy that is going to run away from you, but he can make the initial guy miss and then run through the others. It's impressive how he's able to finish runs. He's got vision. He's got power. He'll punish tacklers. If he gets a chance, he's kind of a little bit of a slasher with his running style. Uh, he sees the lanes. He's always keeping the legs churning defenders bounce off him you never see this guy get knocked back or stuffed at the line of scrimmage but he plays uh, in a scheme with chip kelly we've seen this when you remember when he was with philadelphia that they get the ball from an inside handoff and then they find the crease and so that's kind of how he does plays plays a little bit sideways and then takes off and and goes so i'm looking forward to seeing him in a scheme where he can play more downhill but, man, this guy's got soft hands. He doesn't fight the ball. He can be tough catching the ball out in the backfield because of how he's able just to kind of run through guys. People really don't want to tackle him. He, he's a he's a heck of a player. Really, really is. And then really quickly, just to, to wrap up this segment, the other running back that tests uh, very similar to a lot of the players the Cowboys have been interested in in the past, uh, even though he didn't run a blazing 40, Tank Bigsby uh, from Auburn, uh, a guy yeah. that – uh, seems to fit a lot of what the Cowboys have looked for in running back before. I'll tell you what, I love this guy's toughness. I really, really, really do. And he's got outstanding vision. He's got lateral quickness. I think he's got more lateral quickness than he has really, really like true speed. But he can run himself out of trouble, you know, when he when he gets – because I feel like he can cut on a dime. He makes big things happen with the ball in his hands. He turns little plays into really, really big ones. And I think inside out, no problem. He can make those explosive cuts, the wiggle, the shake to get out of those tackles. I, I mean, there's some lower body power to this guy. Short area, uh, short yardage runner, goal line runner, really, really good. Now, I, I'm going to give you a guy, Bobby, real quick too, if I could. I know we're, yeah. we're kind of up against it a little yeah. bit. No, go ahead. Go but ahead. Just keep an eye on if you haven't watched Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. Keep an eye on him because this guy is a real weapon as a pass catcher. There's a number of plays with the balls. I mean, he gets a lot of balls thrown his direction, not just underneath, but he gets throws down the field. And I'll tell you what, man, he is a guy that can finish when he gets down on the goal line. He's got a burst to get around the corner. I think he's a tough runner. He'll bounce off tacklers. He doesn't go down easy. But the thing I like about Kenny McIntosh the best is his hands and the way that he can catch the football. McIntosh, not a guy with um, 
Like, like when you talk about he can get around the corner, absolutely. He, when you look at the long testing speed, wasn't great. He tested yeah. at four two. But when you look at that ten yard split, that initial yeah. burst ran a one five four. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's got initial quickness that I think. Yeah, does he have the long track speed? No, uh, but the initial burst well, is really. Weird. Yeah, I mean, this is my final line about him. I said he's played some big-time games over his career and showed up well. Doesn't have home run speed, but runs well enough. That was the final line of my my notes for Kenny McIntosh running back from Georgia. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. We've been telling you guys about Boomer Jacks for several months now, and so many of you guys have let us know on social media how much you've been enjoying it, uh, hanging out there, watching games, and uh, getting drink specials. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, how you guys have been going for the great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. There are great deals for you the rest of the week as well, though. It's not just about the wings. They also have the coldest beer anywhere around. Drink specials beginning at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's just a wonderful atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. Somewhere to go watch the games, go check out Boomer Jacks. You're looking for dinner with family, Boomer Jacks is the spot. Uh, you know, if you're just looking for somewhere to have happy hour with friends, catch up with coworkers, whatever, Boomer Jacks has you covered. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite segment of the day is our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, let's go with the first question here from Mario. Let's play a game broadest style, he says. Which would you rather have, an established free agent interior offensive lineman and a rookie wide receiver in the top two rounds or a rookie interior offensive lineman and giving a second for DeAndre Hopkins? Give me the rookie guard and give me the established wide receiver. Why is that? I feel like though, to me, like this team, I, I've I've got to I. We saw last year what happened with Jalen Tolbert. I'm not saying that every player that comes through the Cowboys now. I for Dak's sake, for Mike McCarthy's sake, I don't have time to be working with a rookie receiver that might not play, and and. And like I say, if you fall behind or it's not working out, there's a lot of these receivers that have been plug and play. The Cowboys have done a great job, though, with the plug and play offensive lineman. They 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 have. I mean, so I'll take the I'll take the plug and play lineman and that mm-hmm. wide receiver that I know is going to help Dak right off the jump, help Mike with his play calling right off the jump, instead of having to maybe wait. Yeah, it's I'm 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 living for right now. When it, you know, but this wide receiver group, I have less confidence in them as plug and play guys as I do the offensive lineman. Next question here from Tyler Browning. He wants to get our thoughts on Nick Hampton, edge rusher, Appalachian State. I don't know. Have you watched him yet, Brian? I have not seen him yet. I'm I, have, sorry. I have not seen him yet. I know you've seen the other one, though, uh, and, and I have two, and so we can talk about him here. USC edge rusher, Tuli Tuli Pelotu. Yeah, what a I I tell you what I really do like that kid a lot and with Dewey mm-hmm. and the thing that the thing that's uh, the thing that's really good about him is he's so relentless and like I mean he's got some really impressive skills for a man his side you can put pressure on the quarterback right away he can get the corner 
He's going to finish. He's a powerful guy. He does a great job of breaking down the blocker. His power and quickness can be hard to deal with. He gets off the ball in that first step. He had the power to knock the blocker's hands away and then start moving towards the quarterback. He covers a lot of ground as a pass rusher. And so you can see him. He tracks the ball, good run defender. I think there's just so many. I think you can play him in a couple of different spots. Yeah. And he'll be just fine. But he's so physically impressive. I I I really I don't think there's anything that this guy can't they can't do. I really, really don't. Yeah, I think the thing that really jumps off the tape when you watch Tui Pelotu is just the power, like the pop in the hands and and the strength that he comes with. And he's to me, I like I look at him as one of the more advanced like technique guys for me in, in this class at the edge. And you're right, he can play pretty much across any front. I think he's completely scheme versatile. Anybody who, who you know, anybody, any scheme that needs a defensive lineman, I think could find a use for Tui Pelotu. Yeah. Um, and so th- those are some things that stand up for me. He's not super bendy. He, he's a little, you know, tight in the hips, yeah. um, but incredibly productive, um, a, a, a really solid across the board defender, I think, in terms of rushing the passer, uh, defending the run. And then I had this note the other day on him when I was doing some research, Brian. Since 2016, these are the power five players with at least 10 sacks, 20 tackles for loss, and three passes defended. Harold Landry, Josh Allen, Chase Young, Alex Highsmith, Will Anderson, and Tuli Tui Pelotu. I like it. Production. I like it. That's, that's, some, that's some serious production right that there. Is, that is some production. He did not test uh, because of uh, – I, I think he was dealing with an injury. He'll test at USC – but did you happen to see what he measured in at? It may have gone under your, your, your radar because of the fact that he didn't test. What did, what was the measurements? So he was listed. I had him, I had him at 6'4", 290. Did I mess that up? No, 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 no. He played it. He, I think he played at 285, but he was 285, 290. Yeah. Uh, he came in at 6'3", uh-huh. two and a quarter on the arm. Brian, he came in weighing 266. Oh, geez. He lost twenty to twenty-five pounds. Now, now this was a this was a training decision. Uh, this yeah. was not something that this was a, this was a a decision that he decided to make. I, I I'm guessing it's for uh, athleticism to to be quicker. Yeah, be, he he but. probably he probably went to situation. What was his injury that he had? That what was he doing? I'm trying to remember what he was doing. I didn't have it in my oh, notes. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, if find. he dropped that much weight, somebody probably told him that he's going to play linebacker in this league. Is probably what it was. Either that, or he, he didn't want at six four two ninety. He didn't want to come in as being like a five technique defensive end in a three four. Yeah. So he's probably trying to be an edge, or they're moving him as a three four outside linebacker. That's really like playing an edge. And our last question here uh, from Hampton. Uh, is there any update on where the Cowboys are at with re-signing Donovan Wilson? Um, so I still don't have a good feeling about Donovan Wilson. Back. Not not for lack of desire. I think I think everybody on the coaching staff wants him back. I think he wants to be back in Dallas. I think Brian. I don't know about you. He is he is their tone setter on defense. Like he he's the one who who I think really sets the tone with physicality with with you know his 
the edge that he plays with. He's he loves hitting people. I think it's contagious for everybody else on the defense. To me, your your core leadership guys in terms of the way they get everybody else going on defense. It's Jay Ron Curse, it's Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and then it's it's Donovan Wilson. Um and and I think that if the Cowboys want to play around with this one a little bit and, and get a little cute with the market, they're going to lose him um, because I think there is going to be a market outside of Dallas for him potentially. Um, I wouldn't, I'm not ruling anything out. I'm not saying he's not coming back, uh, but I think the Cowboys are going to have to step up in a way financially that they haven't shown they're willing to with safeties in the recent history. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Bobby. We have the tampering period there for what, a couple of days. I think yep. we're going to we'll learn a lot. Uh, I think there's a good possibility that this guy is going to be gone uh, the first in the first four days of free agency. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think you're gonna get him to the second or third week, which is generally the area that Dallas likes to play in. This guy is uh, highly respected. He's tough. He plays a little reckless, but man, he is a really, really good tough player. Now, I'll say this: the draft has a pocket of those safeties. Between rounds four, or excuse me, rounds two and five, probably ten guys right there that uh, very well could could be fill in guys if you have to. Maybe somebody says I would rather draft one of those guys than pay Wilson. But I'll tell you what, man, that is a hell of a football player, and I think the first four or five days of free agency is going to tell the story on him. It's going to be something interesting for us to watch. We're just about a week. We're under a week away from uh, the beginning of free agency. Uh, we will have all those updates for you guys. Hopefully have an update on, on where things stand with Odell Beckham Jr. And we'll continue to uh, bring more of our draft coverage to you as we are. Uh, just, uh, just a 49 days. 49 yeah, days. Yeah, we're, we're, about, we're about six weeks out uh, from the NFL draft and, and figuring out which direction the Cowboys go. Uh, for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Veltz. We will talk to you guys again next time.